to the Serpent Temple channel. I'm here with Alex Jones from Undeath. Hello. Hello. Thank nice to be you. here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you it's for a having pleasure. me. It's great. You're about to play Milton Keynes. How does it feel? It feels wonderful. It feels like home. You know, we've been here twice now. This is the second time. Uh, it's a cool venue. You know, we love playing the Crawford Arms. Uh, it's great to be here with Jello Municipal Waste. They're, we're only like three days into this tour, but they're great people. And yeah, couldn't really be more excited about it. Amazing. Well, I'm going to kick this off with a quick side card reading with you. I just explained how it works. For people who don't know, really quick rundown. It's free cards, past, present, future. All of the cards are based on Jung's archetypes. You'll find out when we do it. So please draw free cards for me and put them face down on the table. Okay. So this will this will be your past, this will be your present, and this can be your future. Okay. Do you want to start with the past? Yeah, let's do it. Do I turn it? You turn it. Okay. Wow, the liar. <laughs> uh -oh. Good start. It's a common card, to be fair, isn't it? It's really common. Don't worry. You're a performer. Like it's what you do on stage, sure. right? I'll read you the card. You can tell me what you think, because you can disagree with it. It's not like it's not the truth. So the liar card is, the jester comes forward onto the stage, balancing on one foot, and his expression can appear sly. A dropped purse lies at his feet whilst he holds aloft his replica and a mask. This card stands for deception and the possibility of being deceived or deceiving yourself. It symbolizes falsity, disguise, cheating, malice, and those occasions where one has to wear a mask to the world for whatever reason. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, like, that's very interesting. That's, that's like, surprisingly profound. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to get so deep so fast. You know, I, I feel like with, with performance in any type, whether it's, like, being in a band, being in any kind of, like, public-facing field, you are donning a little bit of a mask. You do have to kind of, like, project a persona to defend, like, hide your heart a little bit, but... I feel like the problem that I run into all the time is that maybe maybe I am doing it and I don't realize it, but I really don't feel like I am. Like I feel like my onstage persona, the way that I carry myself on stage, the way that I act on stage is basically one for one identical to the way that I behave in reality, except like I don't have a microphone in my hand in reality and I'm not like generally when I'm not on stage I'm not like pouring buckets of sweat and disgusting and smelly. So yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's gotten to me in some, into some trouble before where people have accused me of, like, smiling too much on stage or being too goofy on stage or whatever, <laughs> but I literally can't help it. I think if I tried to be anything else, if I tried to behave in any other more performative way, it would come across as so insincere. So, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I think that's a really bold choice that you're, you're comfortable enough to just be yourself on stage because I think so many people feel like they have to be like brutal or scary or dress up or whatever and I think that's like it's kind of brave in a way that you're just like chill to be yourself that's awesome well you know I, I take a lot of inspiration from uh, Trevor Sternaff from the Black Dahlia murder uh, he like his onstage persona was uh, and again I don't even know if it was a persona just the way that he was on stage was very identical to the way that he was in real life he was just a chill positive guy at least as far as i knew him he like always was down to just have a laugh party like he was just cool and i, I definitely like his the way he behaved was very inspiring to me i think 
the thing with death metal, there was always kind of like a bit of a disconnect because there's always been a goofy element to it, right? Sure. With like the extreme lyrics and stuff. So I feel like it's good now that bands and such a band like Black Dahlia as well kind of were just embracing the fact that, hey, let's just actually have some fun here instead of trying to make out like we're something that we're not. Yeah, and you know, there's, there's definitely some bands that can get away with it. There are bands out there that they are kind of scary or at least they can like pretend to be scary convincingly but you take one look at everybody in undeath on stage and none of us are intimidating in the slightest <laughs> like we're all losers you know so no. it's, it's you true you could be intimidating <laughs> we're intimidatingly stupid that's that's what we've got that's an amazing tagline do you want to go to the present mm -hmm. let's do it Money. <laughs> That's ironic. <laughs> You're on tour. Money. <laughs> I must be a millionaire. <laughs> okay, I'll read you money. It's like one of the most obvious cards, but it can be still interesting. Let's get there. Okay. A plowman guides a horse-drawn plow, cutting furrows in the field on a winter's day. In the foreground lie precious silver coins waiting to be discovered. This card stands for the need for money. It can also give the possibility that we may achieve material wealth, whether it is by our own labors, by good luck, investment, or by inheritance. Wow, that's interesting too. Yeah, I mean, we... I don't want to be... Uh, pejorative I guess and say that Undeath doesn't make any money like we make a little bit of money but it's it's hardly anything it's our rent for when we get home and then we go back on tour again and we make our rent again so but even that like it seems like I'm I'm kind of disparaging my situation but the situation that we're in where we're able to go on tour and make a little bit of money is is very fortunate and I know most bands never really get to that point and that's something that a lot of bands like dream of and I certainly dreamed of for most of my life so yeah, I feel very, very blessed to be in the situation that Undeath's in right now. I feel like we're on a really cool upward trajectory. But that being said, too, uh, that's interesting because currently at home, when I'm not on tour, I'm trying to find like schemes to make more money, <laughs> like, which is something I've never done before. I've always just kind of like had a day job and coasted, and I was like, I'll just be poor forever. Like it's fine. But then Undeath started going on the road, and I can't really hold down a day job anymore. So it's like, what can I do in these two or three months that I'm home at a time just to like scramble together enough money to be able to feed myself? And, you know, it sounds a little sad, but it's the life I chose. Like, I read the contract when I signed it, you know, when I decided I wanted to be in a band and play extreme metal music. Like, I was aware of what that life trajectory was probably going to look like, and I honestly couldn't be happier even if I had no money in my bank account. It is kind of the price you pay for being an artist. Like, we're all musicians here as well, we understand. Like, I, I heard you say on a, another podcast that your work, your hard work started as a band when you got signed. Yeah. That was when it really started to, you had to really put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like, not that we weren't taking it seriously before, but, you know, we took the band really seriously and then we got signed. And uh, I guess my perception of being signed up until that point was like, oh, bands who were signed by any label, no matter how big or small, like everything is taken care of. Like they don't have to worry about anything no matter what. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's like now you have two dozen more things that you have to think about on a daily basis, except like, should we play this show or not? Should we print this shirt or not? It's like now there's so many more logistics that go into it. So yeah, the, the life of the band as a 
more professional, I say professional in massive air quotes, entity definitely started like right when we got signed and it's been uh, it's been just like work ever since but but good work you know not like soul defeating work <laughs> how has your experience been with prosthetic because they're such a great label from like my interactions with them yeah it's been awesome I mean we they reached out to us Steve from the label did and we just got a really good impression from him really early on you know we just wanted to sign with people who were good people that didn't just sign us and look at us as like a series of numbers on a spreadsheet like they resonated with what we were doing and they believed in us personally and you know Steve definitely got that vibe from him Becky like everybody the label EJ they're they've all been very cool very transparent and very supportive with us for the entire time so couldn't really ask for a better experience yeah, I think I knew uh, Prosthetic wasn't a label that was too uh, money-orientated when they released that cattle decap album, Human Yule, with the cow shitting out the human remains. I was like, okay, this would be the label for me. <laughs> I think for me it was uh, that one Lamb of God record that they put out. I think they put out two, but that was kind of how they entered my consciousness. Oh, was that As Palaces Burn? Yeah, it was yeah, that yeah. the one before it. Yeah. So yeah, when they reached out to us, I was like, we're going to be label mates with Lamb of God. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, those guys are on Universal Studios Records or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but no, we're, we're very happy. It's great. Funny enough, that first Lamb of God album, because I remember it was produced by Steve Austin. Yep. And I legit thought it was Steve Austin, the wrestler, <laughs> not, not Steve, Steve Austin <laughs> from Today is the Day. <laughs> I was like, whoa, he's branching out. Let's dial in that snare tone, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should bring in the studio with that guy, it'd be amazing. <laughs> well, should we go to the future then? Let's do it. Ooh, the moon. Oh, there's a crab. There's a crab. Do you like crabs? I love crabs. Do you want to know a fun fact about crabs? I wonder if it's the same one I'm about to say, but you go first. Is it the... Th well, basically in evolution. Yeah. Evo yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like crabs as much as I like crabs. I love it's that so everything sick. in nature is trying to become a crab. Yes, it's so cool. Yeah. That's like, great. Nature keeps making crabs. It's happened like five separate times <laughs> in like the history of the world. Like, if there is some kind of like like creator out there like they made the crab and they're like this shit is perfect like we got we got to do this over and over again imagine if we had like hard shells and claws like you'd be you'd be immortal i mean the crabs so are immortal sick. you know they keep growing until they like get crushed by their shells i didn't know that yeah because like with the oxygen content of the earth you can only get yay big but the crab just keeps going like on the inside of its shell it keeps growing like the meat and then it just suffocates inside its own body <laughs> okay. how metal is that that is metal as fuck does that mean the abathus, the missing link. Yes. Why not? I'll read you the moon now that we've talked about crabs. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> also the moon involved. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> I'd rather be a crab than the moon. Me too. Okay. The moon. A crab reaches up out of the sea across rocks towards the majestic full moon. The moon is a feminine symbol and therefore stands for the female instincts. And the maternal and unconscious self. It represents the intuitive understanding and healing process of change. However, as well, it is a sign of fickleness, illusion and falsity. It goes back to the liar again. The crab in this represents the illusion of toughness, yet a soft inner self. <laughs> Are you a crab? I'm, I think I'm a crab. I think I have crab-like tendencies, if that's <laughs> accurate. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a sensitive guy. I, I have a... I have all the emotions, you know, I think I process them on a daily basis. <laughs> and, and you know, it's funny, like, I, I don't feel like, 
I present like hyper masculine or like tough or anything like that. I feel like I just I present very transparently, but then I talk to people and they're like, "Oh, I've heard this so many times." They're like, "I've known you for so long. For the first like two years that I knew you, I thought you were always mad at me because I'm just like." I'm just a straight shooter. I just talk to people, and like I guess I have kind of like a resting, very sour face uh, when I'm not talking. So and that, that always strikes me. I'm like, damn, am I mean? Like, am I an asshole? But I, I think uh, it's something I've struggled with for a while. So yeah, that's very interesting. I definitely don't think I have like a hard outer shell though. <laughs> maybe you have resting crab face. Yeah, maybe I have resting crab face. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be like maybe like an upstate New York thing, because like coming from London, we get perceived to be quite dour like sour faced people a lot of the sure. time as well yeah yeah it's it's that's very interesting I, I mean i mean and i'm definitely fickle too i'm trying to be less fickle i definitely like i don't have commitment issues in terms of like my relationships with people but i have commitment issues as far as like uh doing one thing for a long time <laughs> i guess that's the definition of commitment <laughs> but, but like i like Pretty much every band I was ever in before on death, it was like I would do it for two or three years and I would get tired of it. And I was like, all right, let's find a new group of guys and do something else. But with Undeath, you know, I kind of, that was the first band I was able to get over that hump where when things started getting a little bit more challenging, when there were more things for us to do, uh, more responsibilities, I was able to like rise to that better. And I was able to actually kind of grow up a little bit and take charge of my life in a way that I never really had before. Uh, but I definitely still struggle with fickleness on a, on a daily basis. It's hard for me to choose on multiple instances in a day. What do you think was the thing about Undeath that helped you stay the course with the band? What was the difference? Uh, that's, a good, that's a great question. I mean, I I think it's just, and this is going to sound very shallow, but it's true. I think it's that it was, it was really fun. And not to say I'd never had fun in any of my other bands. Like, I've been in a bunch of bands and we had a great time, but there was always this element of just constant stress. And it was like constant stress for diminishing returns. It was like, why are we in this practice space for 11 hours killing ourselves over the song if we're going to go play it locally one time and then never again and then decide that we hate it? You know, like that kind of stuff. So, And that's fickleness in itself. But yeah, with Undeath, it was just like the second all of us linked up, the chemistry was just there. We all kind of understood each other. We all had very similar goals as far as like how we wanted to approach the band, where we wanted to take it, the kind of music that we liked. And all that aside, we just never really take ourselves that seriously. You know, we're not like uh, prima donna artist types. Like, I guess I kind of am, but like I keep it buttoned up as well as I can. <laughs> I have my moody moments. I was a little moody today, but I'm, I'm all right now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like we're it's just it's been fun. It's been fun from the very beginning, and I hope it continues to be fun until the very end. I guess being an artist, you have to have a level of sensitivity, right? If you want to channel like emotions into your music even even though it's fun at the same time like there's gonna be you're gonna have like that feeling there to to have that experience of a, a good time when you're playing live right yeah totally you have to be like in tune with yourself you have to be cognizant of the fact that you're feeling certain things in a certain moment and you know when you're when you're well attuned to those emotions and you know how they feel like you have the muscle memory of them then it's easier to uh you know perform them for people and that, that is a very rewarding experience. Yeah. 
One question I was going to ask. I saw the um, kind of tour video you did at the Slave to the Grind tour for Metal Injection, and I noticed you were rocking a sick Weakling t-shirt, yeah. which is a totally underrated black metal band. Agreed. Is there any like other band in the extreme metal sphere in the US that you would like to give a shout out to or think deserves a lot more love and attention? Oh man, yeah, totally. Uh, they're not black metal, but there's a band called Nithing. It's like N-I-T-H-I-N-G. I think they're from the US. I'm pretty sure. They're awesome. It's like defeated sanity style, like crazy brutal death awesome. metal. Like but with weird like like psychosis inducing harmonics happening. It's just it's a really crazy experience. That band is great. Um I also don't know if this band is American. I think they, they might be from Chicago, but uh, there's a band called Majesties. That's really good. They just put out a record, I think, on 20 Bucks Spin. If not them, then it was with Profound Lore, maybe. But it's like melodic death metal, which is something that nobody's really doing right now. Yeah. And it's like melodic death metal, very triumphant, very powerful, very driving, very like at the gates influenced. It's sick. That band's awesome. So yeah, definitely check both those bands out. Yeah. Cool. Talking of uh, melodic death metal, Damnation, which you guys are playing later on this year. Yeah. Uh, at the gates played Slaughter and the Sow and Fool last year, and it was just one of those defining moments. We saw them at Psycho Las Vegas when oh, we played. Yeah. Sick. And we were all hammered. And Kyle, one of our guitarists, like Slaughter of the Soul is his favorite album ever. Like it's you can hear it all over his playing and our songs, like he loves that record. And we were standing like right at the barricade. And uh, I'm blanking right now the singer of At The Gates, his name. Thomas Lindbergh. Thomas. Yeah, he came over and Kyle was like singing every single word to every <laughs> single song, like bug-eyed. And Thomas Lindbergh like reached over the barricade and fist bumped oh, him. Sick. And Kyle was just like, I thought he was going to pass out. Like, I was like ready to catch him. <laughs> but yeah, I love At The Gates. Cool. So Majesty, so check them out, because I love a bit of old school kind of Yeah, Majesty is great. Cool. Yeah, well, do you want to do one more card, a bonus card? Sure, let's do it. So sometimes when we have a little bit of extra time, we do a motivation card, so like what your goals are. Okay. So we'll put that here. Feel free to flip one over. Now I flip it. You can flip it. <laughs> the beast. The beast. The beast. That's sick. It is my motivation to go beast mode every day. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Okay, I'll read you the... We never get this one, actually. This might be the first beast card. Okay. The beast. A dragon bars the path. Fearful and malevolent. The characteristics of the dragon represent the challenge of facing up to evil. It stands for confrontation with the powerful dark forces of our unconscious mind. Also for the bad temper and spiteful side of our natures, or that of others. That's really funny. <laughs> you said you were kind of moody today. Yeah, I was feeling a little moody today, but you know, it wasn't for any practical reason. I just woke up moody. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never really struggled with temper or like rage or anything like that. I'm not a very like, I'm rarely rage induced, but uh, I do struggle with like my ego every now and then, just like general pettiness about stuff. And that's something, especially in the last like two years, that I've really been trying to get over. And I feel like I've been doing really well, but. That's like it, that. Like the ego stuff was the kind of thing that I didn't have a name for forever. I was just like, oh, I guess I'm just a spiteful person. And then uh, I honestly forget what it was, but I listened to this podcast, and they were talking about like 
Carl's Jung and like all of his psychology and stuff. And uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, he was talking about like the ego and separating that and learning how to like control your ego and how so much of the stuff that we torture ourselves over every day is driven exclusively by your egoic mind. And I was like, oh, I guess this is something that lots of people have felt before. So once I had the terms to apply, it became way easier to control it. So yeah, that, that's interesting. That is super, super interesting. Like it's, it, it's cool that you will talk about it as well because some people are like too afraid to admit stuff like that, especially if they're in a band because people can be so judgmental. And like you get criticism thrown at you anyway a lot if you're at a certain level. So it's cool to hear someone like actively say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to make any blanket statements here, but people in bands can often be like very petty and <laughs> they can be very yes. uh, competition minded and very driven by like the wrong goals and I certainly have been at many times in my life where you know you play a show or you take a tour or you do something for a totally superficial reason and when the reason that you should be doing it is because it's nurturing your soul it's because you love it it's because it's what drives you to wake up every day and that's the kind of that's like over the last two year and a half two years that's like what I've really discovered about myself it's like I can't even think about this other shit like I can't think about what anybody else is doing like I just need to focus on myself and then it's hard to do in practice but when you continue to practice it it gets way easier yeah one of my favorite sayings is that comparison is the thief of joy yeah and I think once you start comparing yourself to other people you're fucked yeah I yeah. completely agree no, that's fine. Any, any final remarks? Uh, go Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You hey. had some really interesting cards. Um, I definitely saw a lot of stuff about like being real with you. Like, cool. I really like that, that you're like so open, you're transparent. You're like that way on stage, off stage. It's really rare to see. And it's like, you have a really healthy balance between like what you want and what you're going after. And, and that's really cool, man. Respect. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, cheers. It was great. Thank you so much for watching. Feel free to like and subscribe.